Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to episode 25 of the Clutchdown podcast. It might sound a bit different or a bit weirder or even just worse today, but it's because me and Gavin are... Can it sound worse? Yeah, I mean audio quality. Oh, the, okay. the quality of our conversations oh, has been poor from the start, okay, so yeah, yeah, people sorry. come to expect that from us. Okay, audio quality. Audio quality. But we're actually, this is our first episode recorded stateside. We're... Uh, we're over here in uh, San Diego, San Di- in which pocket. means a Wales Diego. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. We're in we're in an apartment overlooking. Uh, I don't know what the name of that road is in San Diego, but yeah. you'll put a picture of it online. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take a picture of this lovely. Honestly, view. it's such a cool scene. As it's very cool. Like, like the audio might not be as good, but the actual setting is awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. There's there's a lot more background noise than we usually have. We only have one mic between us, so we're kind of. We're cuddled about two inches away from each other's face. Literally there's spooning. a fire on. There's it's, some ambient light it's, in the it's background. The podcast spoon. The podcast spoon. The podcast yeah, spoon. yeah, the weekly podcast spoon. <laughs> which brings us to our first segment. No, but I, I think let's let's kick things off. Kick things off by chatting about the uh, the 12. scores of the games of yeah yeah week twelve week twelve. So things started off on Thursday. Thanksgiving games, three of them: Bills versus Lions, close one. 28-25 to the Bills over the Lions. Moving into a next game, a nice NFC East matchup, which was the New York Football Giants versus the Dallas Cowboys. The mighty. Well, the, Cow- the mighty Dallas Cowboys as well, especially after that game. Coming yes. out with a 28-20 win over the Giants. 8-3. Yeah, and actually that game looked closer because the, the Giants got a touchdown with about what was it, 30 seconds left yeah. or something. So the game was actually, it, the score didn't reflect how... It was, it, it, was a, it, was a, it was a holiday gift. It was a holiday gift. Holiday it, gift. Thanksgiving it, gift. It was what? So it was like 30 minutes after we landed, that game finished. Yeah, Gavin yeah, was. Yeah. Gavin was... Uh, we, were, we, were listening, we were listening to the score, or watching the scores update whilst waiting for luggage. Yeah, waiting for luggage, which <laughs> took forever. But, but yeah, yeah, nice, 8-3. and 8-3. 8-3, and sitting pretty. 8-3, and three, sitting pretty. And then moved into the, probably the best game of Thanksgiving, I'd say, which was Vikings versus Patriots. Vikings edged out the win at the end. The Patriots' offense just couldn't get it done despite a near fourth down conversion at the end of the game. And the Vikings won 33 26. I think the Patriots were um, Because there was, there was, there was a, a, a touchdown taken away, wasn't there? Yeah, there's a bit of a controversial Hunter Henry touchdown where yeah. he caught the ball, the ball broke the plane. Um, and, then, and then there was an argument of if his hand was underneath the ball. Or if he had control of the ball, and then the touchdown was given. I, I, I find that confusing because, like, how many times have you seen, say, a quarterback do a quarterback sneak where they literally extend the arm, get the ball over the line, mm. and then it doesn't matter? It's like they've broken the plane. But for some reason, when they caught the ball, it's different. Well, it's like it's kind of like the whole Zach Ertz touchdown in the Super Bowl, where it's like, oh, did he have enough steps before? And did he have control of the ball and all that? Like, it's it's the the thing that's frustrating about watching NFL games and seeing stuff like this, especially if you're a fan of the team that this happens to, is that there just seems to be no consistency sometimes. Yeah. I think that's the problem. From because Gavin's point when he saw it was, I don't understand how that can not be given as a touchdown. And I was like, well, I can understand it. But, but it the reason gonna... we differ is because of the fact that there's no consistency but it with was it. A, it was a touchdown called on the field. Yeah, that's it's a good point. Yeah, and it's got to be enough evidence and to overturn it. So it wasn't. It was. It was crazy. But anyway, yeah. that was the result. That was the result, and that was the, that. wraps up the uh, the Thanksgiving games, and then they bring us into Sunday, early slate of Sunday. So Broncos at Panthers. Panthers won twenty three ten. The the Russell Wilson 
potentially amazing trade from preseason has <laughs> just turned into chaos and it's just not good at all. Then OT game, Buccaneers versus the Browns. The Browns ended up winning 23-17. Surprising score. Surprise, def- definitely a surprising score. I think it's just showed that the, the woes of the Buccaneers and offense and it, especially the defense in the last the last two minutes was was not good. Great catch by Njoku to get that touchdown to, yeah, to draw the game, but should never have got to that point. Then probably the upset of the week, which was Ravens versus Jaguars. Jaguars get a touchdown with, I think it was 14 or 15 seconds left. Instead of going for, for the extra point to tie the game, they go for a two-point, get the two-point, and the game finishes with Justin Tucker attempting a 67-yard field goal, which this time, unfortunately, he couldn't get it through. Mm-hmm. And the uh, Jaguars win 28-27. So we, we, we were talking, weren't we, about the fact that um, it really showed a lot of faith in um, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And when we when we get to the end of our recap of the first section of games, we'll have a, we'll chat a bit more in depth about that game because, uh, yeah, you can't have an upset in this league and have that not covered by the Clutchdown podcast, the upset podcast <laughs> where we cry. We cry. And we cry. Texans at Dolphins. Dolphins dominated for the first half and then just sort of slowed things down and they won 30-15. to 15. Texans never really looked like a threat there. Bears at Jets. Mr. Mike White, who we'll chat a bit more about after we've recapped the scores for the weekend. But Jets win 31-10 against a, a fieldless Bears. Moving on to Bengals at Titans, which was a very, very close game. But the Bengals came out on top at the end, 20-16. Falcons at Commanders, which was actually a big game for both teams because Falcons are currently only one game back uh, in their division and Commanders are obviously on a bit of a run lately. They've been, I believe, the best record in the NFL since week six as they only had one loss, which is quite impressive, is that, really. Is that literally since I think he came in as starting quarterback? Uh, yeah, yeah, because he came in and they, they won two games, didn't they? And the only game they lost to the Vikings, which they could have won. But yeah, no, the, a real big change with the commanders, you, and you, and you've got so much love for Heineke. Haven't you? I do. Have to, I almost have too much love for Heineke. <laughs> Worrying. So, Worrying. Some say I have too much love for you, but you know, you know. yeah. And I, I look at you. I look at you in the same way I look as Taylor Heineke. Yeah, yeah. You're both the same we, kind of quarterback. We're very similar. He was always a quarterback to me. Chargers at Cardinals, 25-24 to the Chargers. Another final two-point conversion attempt because their coach never likes to go for draws. He doesn't want to draw. He's like, I will lose this game. I will happily lose this game or I'll happily win it. But if we draw, I won't be proud of myself. It's one of those, isn't it, where where it actually makes sense because you think, well, if you tie it, you then have to hopefully win the toss and then you have to drive all the way down the mm. field. Effectively, you are right there saying, well, this is it. We can win the game. Mo- momentum's with it, us. we just it, got literally just got a touchdown. It, it makes sense, yeah. doesn't it? You're literally saying, okay, we've got one down to, to, to win the game. Yeah, I understand in close games as well, like the Chargers and the Cardinals, if you look at their records before this game, there's no way this game should have been as close as it should have been. And I look at the Chargers going, well, okay, the game script of this didn't go as well. We should have dominated this game. We clearly didn't. We've just got a touchdown. Rather than, you know, giving the Cardinals a chance, let's just let's just try and win it here. And obviously sometimes that works, sometimes it don't work, but you know, you can't you can't really fault a team in a situation like that. I think it was probably the right call to to do that. Especially when it works. Especially when it works, yeah, yeah. It's one of those things, if it works, you look like a genius. If it doesn't work, you look like an idiot. Do but, we need to skip over the next game? Uh, I think we need to talk in depth about the next game for the next two hours. But we'll talk a bit more in depth after the after we recap these scores, but Raiders beat the Seahawks in overtime with an 86-yard Josh Jacobs run, storming 
thundering legs, brissette type, powering through the defense of the Seahawks, right, <laughs> into, right into the end zone. Walk-off touchdown, Raiders win 40-34 to 34 against the Seahawks. Well, we'll, we'll let you talk more about that one in a minute. Yeah, yeah I definitely will. I'm yeah. definitely going to. Yeah. Rams at Chiefs. Not a good game for the Rams. They've you know had a lot of injuries lately. They didn't have Adam Robinson, didn't have Cooper Cup. They haven't got Matthew Stafford. They're down to their third-string quarterback. Aaron Donald's now out this weekend. It's just not looking good. So the Chiefs won 26-10. Not the best Patrick Mahomes game from a stat point of view, but yeah, the Chiefs just are a force to be reckoned with at the moment. Bringing us to our last three games... Saints at 49ers. The 49ers won 13 to nil. Actually, I found a stat the other day that I believe uh, since week six, the 49ers haven't allowed any points in the second half of any game. That's mad. Which is just impressive. Crazy. Like you look at this game. I'm a stat like that on me mid podcast. I know. That's I know. I have I have a lot of stats up here, and I have to pick and choose which I throw into the episode. Yeah, penultimate Packers at Eagles. Not the penultimate Packers, but the penultimate <laughs> game Packers at Is that Eagles. The new name? Yeah, the penultimate, the penultimate Packers. Packers. Yeah, always <laughs> going out in the last stage of the playoffs. Uh, Packers at Eagles, forty to thirty-three by the Eagles. Not really a lot of good from the Packers, despite the score. But the Eagles, you know, get two in a row after dropping that game three games ago. And then final of the week was the Steelers at the Colts, 24-17 to the Steelers. The old, the old Jeff Saturday hype from the first game is slowly diminishing as the games go on. They're close, but no he cigar. Had, he had a bit of a... A time issue with the game, didn't he? Yeah, there was a, there was a run that basically set up a a shorter shorter down for Matt Ryan, and then there was no timeout called, and it kind of just completely screwed any chance mm-hmm. of the Colts making a comeback. So possibly teething problems. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the sort of thing's going to happen, isn't it? You can almost sort of let him off that one. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I, I, I think it's like what I've said before it- about that that first game against the Raiders. You've got the whole, you know coach coming in you don't know what to expect you can't game plan for someone that there's no film on whatsoever players raise their game as well yeah play, yeah, yeah exactly take yeah. it to another level let's prove a point prove like a that point. all that jazz and then yeah, yeah they really you know like bearing in mind you look what the Cowboys did with the clock last year and, and Prescott you kind of forgive someone in like what's this his fourth fifth game so uh, this would be his fourth fourth game fourth game you let him off he yeah, that's a good one. point. Yeah, and then Prescott is in. It was in what his fifth season by yeah. then. Maybe yeah. not such a good mistake to no, make. No, but no, we, no. we won't talk about that. We'll be here all evening breaking down that play. The kind of top games to chat about. I think we can't not chat about the Ravens losing in incredible style against the Jaguars. The the Jaguars, a team that this season have shown flashes, but have always kind of got to the end of games and not been able to finish it out. And then in this game against the top team in the league. They finish it out by getting a touchdown in the fourth quarter and getting a two-point conversion to win, which has kind of been the opposite of how the Jaguars have done in games this year. And I think the interesting part about this game, besides just the scoring itself, is if someone was to hand me basically a blank thing that didn't tell you what team was who uh, and show me the box score from this game, the Jaguars didn't really do anything better than the the Ravens from just a pure stat point like in terms of it was just pass yards that they had had better mm. than the Ravens but I think it just shows that that, that that element of clutchness maybe is starting to come out of Lawrence and as Gavin was was saying there's trust if you get to the fourth quarter and the two ways that you win a game are you get a passing touchdown and then the two-point conversion is also a passing situation and considering the the kind of monster for the Jaguars this season who's come on in 
leaps and bounds in in effectively his rookie year has been Travis Etienne, and he went out mm. with a with an injury almost straight off the bat. So their their rushing yards for the game top rusher was Jamichael Hasty, who had twelve carries for twenty eight yards. Can we like can just take a take a moment to appreciate what an amazing name that is, Jamichael Hasty. Jamichael yeah. Hasty. I'm running Hastie. back with the name Hasty. It's, it's it's so much better than Jeff Wilson. It's it's better, but it's also yeah, Hasty. Hasty, quick, fast, quick, yeah, quick. yeah. I, I love it. It's amazing. Good, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. He also, well, I'd say from from a rushing point of view, just to chat about him for a second, came in and obviously not the greatest rushing performance, but five receptions for 67 yards and a touchdown. Trust trustworthy little target for Trevor Lawrence Honestly, there. But yeah, it's from a from a pure stance point of view, the Ravens did so much right. But you know, the the thing that kind of glares and stands out to me is the. Lamar Jackson, 50% completion rate, 16 for 32. That's not great. Um, and then look at the Trevor Lawrence, his stats, 29 to 37, 321 yards and three touchdowns. That's like, good. you know, that's very, that's, that's very that's, good. That is, it's, that is good. It's, it's almost feels like maybe this is the game that suddenly Trevor Lawrence starts to live up to his first pick status and, and this is the big performance that he needed. Because I, I know we were looking at the scores whilst we were, kind of, I think we were in a taxi in, in, in San, LA or in San Fran. Yeah, or San Fran. We were yeah. where, wherever we were or whatever we were doing. But it was just a case of we were kind of looking and going, I can't believe that Jags are up like this. This mm. is really, this is crazy. But yeah, but from, from a game point of view, I say call for the Jags. And, and you know, the, the an interesting thing to look at going forward if this was just kind of a flash in the pan game or if it's something that, you know, is going to, going to change the way they are going forward. And also just for the, for the Ravens, a, a few more kind of coaching, like, dealing with penalties, snapping the ball on time, looking a bit better as a team overall from a coaching point seems to be the situation because from a from a pure statistical standpoint, the the the, the Ravens look good. So kind of a frustrating it's, game, like from, from all the, the ways they should have kind of lost this game. It feels, feels a strange the, game to lose. What, yeah, what do you think that the problem with the Ravens is then? Because in theory, they have the quarterback. You know, he's been... Top dog for a few years now, isn't he? Yeah, and yet seven and four—it's it's an okay record. Yeah, I mean, all they get, all the—I mean, the thing is with them that all of their their games that they've lost have been by four points or less. So it's not like they've had any games where they've been absolutely mm. destroyed or whatnot. But it's also kind of like why are they losing those those games? I mean, you look at the the Dolphins game earlier this season where in the fourth quarter they were up by what three scores or something, and they lost that game. Um, and then you look at even just the Jags game from the weekend, like, you know, with two minutes to go, the Jags have to get a touchdown and they have to go down the field and get a touchdown. And then they let them do that. And it's just kind of like, it just seems to be a lot of the kind of clutchy elements that they I, I don't guess, have. I guess the problem is, it, it, it's it's like Lamar Jackson is, is, the, is the solution to many problems, but also the problem because... He like so much of it goes to them. The rushing yards, yeah, and the ball in the hand. So much of what they do, their good stuff goes through Lamar Jackson. I know it's yeah. obvious they're quarterback, but in in their case, he's the running back and the quarterback, yeah, almost. And so if he has, it's not even a case of if the opposition shut him down. If he just has a slightly off day or a slightly off couple of quarters, mm. the whole thing falls apart. That's the problem when everything is like you know. Obviously, with Tom Brady, you know he's not going to run the ball; he's passing the ball. But with Jackson, he's kind of doing everything. I do feel like that might be the the problem, though, is the fact that like you look at the stats for in terms of rushing, Lamar Jackson fourteen carries for eighty nine yards, Gus Edwards the the actual running back sixteen carries for fifty two yards. So it's like he's nearly got the same amount of carries as the running back. Um, the, opposition, but then, the opposition are going to start to look for that. And then, but then it's from a, from a receiving point. 
the the top two receiving yards. So obviously, Mark Andrews is kind of where their their team goes through. But the top two receiving yards: Josh Oliver, who's a backup tight end, and then Deshaun Jackson, the thirty like six year old wide receiver, with the two top receiving guys on that team. And it's like it feels almost like you know in the the, the years with Brady where. They wouldn't give him the the targets because mm. they were just like, oh, it's Brady. He's going to yeah. do Brady things. It almost feels like they're going, oh, well, we know we can rely on Lamar Jackson to run the ball. So, okay, he's got Andrews. He'll be fine with Andrews. And let's not worry about giving him any other targets. And so I do think that's an issue. And that's, I think, what's affecting the kind of, you know, why he went 16 for 32 is he just needs more targets to work with. Mm. Um, as, a, as a team, if, you've, if you're a complete team, maybe then when it gets to that two-minute warning and you've got those last seconds, maybe against the Dolphins, you're up by four scores instead of three scores. Or maybe against the Jags, you're up by two scores instead of one. And then those are the kind of differences what could be changing and could have meant that the, the Ravens were now, by now were 11-0 as opposed to seven and four. But but yeah, an, an interesting kind of kind of game. And I mean, just a very, very good win for the Jags, to be honest. It might, might kind of propel Lawrence's career from being potentially a... A bit of a bust as a pick to sort of going forward to being a uh, a um, very very good pick in the end. Um, but but yeah yeah in, interesting game definitely. Um, I think another one to chat about. You want to talk about? This I want to talk about this one. I saw I saw I got slightly distracted because I saw Gavin pulling it up out the corner of my eye, and all I saw <laughs> was the forty to thirty four win by the Raiders. Now, uh, before you get into your in depth analysis for this, all I'll say is I was sitting next to you in the taxi mm-hmm. as it was going, as it was as, as it was playing out, right? And you're obviously waiting for your phone to update everything, and you're already starting to lose your, you know what? Yeah. To Josh McDaniels. Not making a decision that you thought he'd made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You decided he'd made a decision yeah. that he hadn't actually made. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. Just, the incident was taking forever to update. Yeah, you know, it was a, um, a fourth down at the end that I uh, I thought he'd gone for, and then it hadn't loaded, and I was no. like, oh, the ball's turned yeah. over. Why wouldn't you try and draw the game? And I, I pulled up Twitter, and Twitter was like, oh, the Raiders are in the field goal unit out. I was like, okay, my okay, mistake. Okay, okay, all okay. I'm sorry, Josh. Yeah, because because the issue with like even the Chiefs game earlier this year was a case of. Okay, let's go for two and see if we can win it here, and not trust the defense. And I think it, as an ethos, you just have to trust the defense. You mm-hmm. know, you know, Max Crosby has been a monster all season. If there's a situation, as much as you may not be able to trust your entire defense and that, you know that in the situation you need him to, Max Crosby is going to make a play. And I think in this situation, it was a case of okay, we can trust our guys, so let's do it. But yeah, I mean, talking about the defense and talking about that and decisions, I think the the. You know, the main thing we've got to talk about is obviously Josh Jacobs with a absolutely monster day, 303 yards overall. The first player, I think, since 1950 to have more than 200 rush yards and more than 70 receiving yards. Like on a, on a day, 70 receiving yards for a, a wide receiver ain't bad. But then if you accompany that with over two, what? For only six receptions. I know, I know. And yeah. then, but if you add on like another 200 rushing yards on top of that, just, just ridiculous, and and I think the the team's really found like the 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 issue, kind of to start the season with the team was it would be like, okay, either we're going to throw forty receptions to Devontae Adams in this game, yeah. and then we'll kind of forget about Jacobs, or another game was okay, we're going to give Jacobs thirty carries, and Devontae Adams will have one reception, mm. and there was no kind of balance. Like this was the issue with the game they had against the Jags. It was okay, let's throw everything to Devontae Adams. And I think Josh Jacobs had like six or seven carries in the first half. And in the second half, they went, okay, well, they're gonna, they're obviously going to stop Adams now. 
So let's just start running the boy Jacobs. Mm. And then that was what happened is they started to then stifle the run and it just didn't work. Whereas now it seems like, you know, on the day, Devontae Adams had over 70 receiving yards. You know, there's the, Derek, Derek Hyde had nearly 300 passing yards. Um, and then you've got Josh Dacres with a good day. Like, that's the thing. All the things are starting to work together. And interestingly, like, pre-season, the, the talk was obviously the three-headed monster of kind of Adams, Waller, and Renfro. And it was like, this is going to be it. It's going to be a nuts. They're all going to have over a 1,000 yards. They're all going to have this. And I think sometimes maybe because, especially coming in as a new coach, you kind of go, well, what was the identity last year? Well, the identity last year was Renfro and try and run over with Josh Jacobs. And I think this season it was a case of, well, let's try and find our new identity. And it's almost been a blessing in disguise that Renfro and Waller have been out because the team have had to try and figure it out with what they've got. Mm. And obviously now if you go into a game, you're going, right, well, you know, we can rely on Jacobs to be our guy and then Devontae Adams is going to be open because of that or Devontae Adams is going to be our guy and then Jacobs is going to be open because of that. And then kind of Renfro and Waller come in as helpful, like supporting cast of the game. That's ideal and that's what you want. And I think there's both supposed to be back um, in the Rams game, which is week after next, I believe. So it'll be interesting to see if that helps the offense or hinders it. But like we were talking about with the Bengals and not having Jamar Chase, their offense has still been good. And sometimes mm. it's kind of good when that happens because you start to figure out what you've got and what you need to do as a team. So from the standpoint of the Rays, I just think it's, you know, they've tried to get the two wins now. Wins against a good team with the Seahawks as, as well. Two straight overtime wins. Derek Carr is 9-1 and one in overtime over his career. Absolutely clutch. And I think they're starting to kind of figure out as a team. Considering you see them after that, the loss against the Colts, and it looked like, you know, hit the panic button. Derek Carr's crying and emotional after the game. The players, you know, Josh McDaniels has lost the locker room to then rattling off two straight wins and Crosby looking like a defensive player of the year and, you know, Jacobs looking like an offensive player of the year and all that. And you've got Adams and, and Jacobs top five for rushing, receiving touchdowns and cars up there in terms of stats. Like it's all kind of starting to hopefully maybe come together for them. And with a four and seven record, you never know if going into the second half of the season, they'll rattle off six wins and well, finish 10 and seven. Like, well, yeah. obviously when you look at who they've got next week, it's a huge game now, isn't it? Because yeah. there's, there's momentum coming. Yeah, yeah. Who have they got next week? <laughs> Chargers. Chargers, that's it, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Aren't we going to be mind, there? Yeah, that, that's, that's, my, my mind just went, but we're literally going to be <laughs> the at, where the, is he going to at be that game. Of course it's the one I forget, but yeah. yeah. We're, so we're in San Diego now. Uh, it's because because next week, because it's this week technically, because it's Sunday, but uh, okay. never mind. I won't try to justify my awful nurse as a Raiders fan. You, but basically, yeah, so the, the game on Sunday, Raiders going against the Chargers, big game for them. Uh, and we're going to be at that game because we're, we're in be San Diego and the last stop of our trip is going to be Vegas last. So, so but do, you, do you think, like, say you beat Chargers, mm-hmm. obviously you're there, you're you're waving your scarf, you face painted, yeah. shirt off, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, breasts yeah, but... f- flowing in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> you lost me. Yeah, yeah, sorry, that image. That image is, yeah. yeah. Hey, that's yeah I'm going to have to put my t-shirt back on right, now. Right. So you you win that you win that game, yeah. You win that game. You go five and seven, mm-hmm. right? Charges six and six. Mm-hmm. You win with a shout. Yeah, you think, I mean, run, you think momentum? You think you're in? You get you get some rent, you get some rent thrown back in your yeah. system. Yeah, well, I mean that's the thing. You go into the next game, charges the next game, that win that game. Yeah, five and seven. Go into the game after that, which I believe is against the Rams. Winnable game as well because of how beat up their team is exactly. you go in there six or seven and all of a sudden you've got a pivotal game of the season which is against the Chiefs the week after that 
And it's like you could then play the Chiefs and go, right, we win this game. Yeah. We're back at 500. Chiefs have just dropped a game to us. That's a big thing. And especially after the fact that they came close to beating the Chiefs in the last game. Like, it doesn't look, you know, things, I mean, things could potentially not, be positive. But... It's not like a given you're going to beat the Chargers. So the Chargers aren't no, a terrible yeah, side. No, no. no we, yeah, we, but, but, yeah. but right now, there is that, yeah, that's it. There's that glimmer of hope, isn't there? Yeah. From, 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 from despair to where, as Literally. preachers would say. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, like, yeah. there is that potential that you go into that Chiefs game with a chance of, of, of making your way into second place. And who knows, eh? Yeah, good, good narrative to follow considering how... You know, it was kind of like the brakes were, the wheels were falling off the car after the Colts game. I mean, I think the, yeah. first, I think the first five episodes that I've been involved in this, it's been the I Hate Josh McDaniels show. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then after this game, I was like, it's like that, that, that relationship that you know you shouldn't go back to, but you're just like, oh, it's oh. so good, I need to. Oh. That's what it feels like at the moment. Potentially, me, me and McDaniels could reconciliate but he could be the one we c- he could be the one he could be the one but we'll see we'll see next couple of weeks is some pivotal games and you know I, I think to be fair as a, as a first year head coach of this team now things are starting there's some potential starting to come like potent- going forward things might change but there's more positives now in comparison to where things were and it's also just very frustrating because you think maybe start of the year two or three games go slightly differently. We're at over 500 now, talking about a very different kind of second half of the year. But, you know, it's the way it works out sometimes. But to recap one more game of this week, because I think after our, our sort of chats last week, it would be good to Jets beating the Bears 31-10 with a Mr. Mike White coming in. Zach Wilson the week before had 77 passing yards and then Mike White comes in and has an incredible, almost sort of, MVP style, like perfect narrative game to sort of start things off. So you come from a game where the Jets put up three points, three points against the Patriots. It's all looking chaotic. And then they come in and score literally 10 times that amount against the Bears. How did Zach Wilson's feelings sitting on the bench watching this happen? Well, did you see the the, um, the no. kind of like Sith Lord meme that came out no. of it? There's a, there was a shot of him on the sideline and the graphic <laughs> literally had... His passing yards from last week, and then Mike White's oh, from this week, and just, he had his hood up and just miserable. Brutal, isn't it? I think it's deserved though, because you know, like this, literally, it's almost interesting because off the the back of the last game, if he'd have come out of that Patriots game when he got asked in that press yeah. conference, you know, oh, did you the offense let down the defense? And if he'd said. You know what? We yeah. can't be happy with the fact yeah. we've got three points. Yeah, defense mean, gave us yeah. a chance. It doesn't mean he has to take all the blame. Yeah. But you, as the offense, yeah, as a core, yeah, didn't get the job done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's no harm in saying, yeah, yeah we could have done more. You yeah, know, we needed to execute better. Make one of those cliche statements, basically. Yeah, we need to yeah, execute yeah. Better. Exactly. But basically, to sort of like say one off. You know, yeah, was, everything uh, was fine, isn't yeah. it? No, and then I think that just kind of lost the locker room. And all of a sudden, you have Mike White come in there, but, uh, as over three hundred passing yards, three touchdowns in this game. Zach Wilson had four pass, passing touchdowns all season so far. One hundred and forty nine point three record. Uh, I say Zach Wilson's nine completions last week. Twenty two completions for Mike White. And the thing is, looking at it, like you know. The same thing happened last year. Mike White came in, they beat the Bengals. It was all of a sudden, you know, we've got this amazing guy and that's all it. At the end of the day, Mike White isn't going to be your franchise quarterback. But I think the thing is, you look at it as who's going to give us more of a chance. 
Mike White's not missing wide open receivers. Mike White's all in one game got on the same wavelength as our top rookie wide receiver. Elijah Moore, our second year wide receiver, who was saying he wanted to be traded, gets a touchdown in this game and suddenly goes, you know what, actually, I think mm-hmm. things are right here. Everything kind of starts to feel good. And despite all that, you're saying such negative things about Mike White, who might be listening to this. Well, I'm, I'm saying, Every week I'm saying realistic, realistic, that, that realistic could, things. Mike White could be listening to this. You know, that's really harsh, Reese. Yeah, he could. That's they, such a game, yeah. you've written me off instantly. Well, well I, I, no, I, what I'm actually saying is... <laughs> What I'm saying is, Mike White's not necessarily... Uh, stop doing that. <laughs> no one knows the context of your moves. He's, he's, he's giving me a doubting posture, I'm, which is great. I'm, repl- I'm replicating your posture. Yeah, you're just curled up like a goblin. <laughs> yeah, reading the scores. Um, uh, but so, the, so the Jets have moved to 7-4 and four behind the Dolphins and Bills 8-3. and three. Yeah. That's a tough division, isn't it? We talked about it last week. It's a I tough mean, the division. Thing is the, the Jets would have, if they'd won that game against the Patriots, they would have been top of the the division. That's that's, that's crazy. But what what I'm kind of saying with it and with the whole Mike White situation, I think the the way you've got to look at it as the Jets team is that okay, our defense can play against any team in the league, showing us when we beat yeah. the Bills, and we only have to look at it as is who gives us a better chance at least this season. Mike White or Zach Wilson. Yeah. And so Mike White does. And I think going forward that he's shown that in this game that he can do that. I suppose the good thing as well is the actual the scenario right now. Because you're not at like game three or four of the season. You're in the se- you're in the, the final third, effectively, mm. aren't you, of the season. So you're not going to be chopping and changing now. Mike no. White's just basically done a great job. He's just proved he is yeah. going to be the he he surely must know now yeah. that he is locked in quarterback. For like the next however many games left of the season, was it? Was it five? Uh, six. There'll six be six games. left. So, yeah. so that that kind of like almost that doubt and worry that maybe if you bad have a bad game, you're back out again, must surely be gone. It's like okay, Mike White, you're the guy now for the rest of the season. Takes that little bit of pressure off. Yeah. And hopefully it allows you. So even if you have a bad game, they go look. Don't worry, we've got six games. It's all on you. Yeah. You'd like to think that that's the scenario. Yeah. Because, because simply of such a good performance. Yeah, 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 and yeah. He gave the gave the offense a good chance in this game. He made the right decisions, and that's the thing. All, all the Jets lead. You don't you don't need a guy to come in and be you know a Joe Burrow who's going to throw these deep shots or that. You want you need you need your guy to be that when the defense Sometimes gives you. Sometimes you want to not to lose. It. That's it. That defense gives you the chance, and you throw it to the receivers that are open. That's all Mike White needs to do, and that was what Zach Wilson wasn't doing. Mm. And so it's like you look at and 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 go, Mike White hitting those open receivers. The team's kind of mutinied against Zach Wilson. Like Mike White must must just be the guy going forward. And I, I say for the season, as a season as a whole, that's that, that's good for the Jets. Like if if you start to build a better rapport and offense with your rookie guys and all that, mm. and you've got a good defense and a good young defense going forward, it's you know the Jets have suddenly gone from being this sort of chaotic awful team to watch to potentially you know a, a sort team. of dark horse playoff team. A, solid team a solid team so yeah dare i say jets are going to be a lot of fun to watch which as the always perfect segue and the easiest segue in the world comes this brings us to our next segment so gav a lot of fun to watch segment what you got for me okay what we've got for you well um whilst we were sitting in uh ball rockets ball rockets yeah uh, i came i came out of one um so uh up until week 11 okay right the four highest scoring teams in the nfl were the chiefs the bills which didn't surprise me Eagles yeah. didn't surprise me and seahawks like, okay. didn't, i was like quite surprised that they were in they were they're in top four so it's a very simple one which we can obviously check next week yeah who is going to score the most points 
in week 13. So out of the, the Bills... The Chiefs, the Bills, the Eagles, and the Seahawks. Okay, right. So let's just have a look at the matchups. Bills at Patriots, first game of the week. Seahawks play the Rams. Eagles play the Titans. And the Chiefs play the Bengals. Okay. Uh, right, I think... You got your, you got your time already? Timer. Let, let me fire up the clock. I know what I'm going for. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. Go. So I think the team that's going to score the most points this week is going to be the Seahawks playing the Rams. Big divisional game for the Seahawks. Rams looking all over the place at the moment. Oh, they've also not got Aaron Donald for the weekend. I think the Seahawks coming off two losses and two close losses to two two teams in the NFL. I think they need to bounce back. I think this is where they can suddenly get their run game back on track. I think this is where things start to click a bit more on defense. And so the Seahawks are going to be the team that gets the most points. I don't think the kind of obvious idea for this week is going to be Chiefs at Bengals who obviously last year had had two fantastic games. But I think the story of that game is going to be very similar to the Bills and Chiefs game this year, where it's going to be a lot more defensive and a lot more kind of you hit first, I'll hit back and so on. And it's not just going to be so high scoring. And so I feel like that game is going to be a sort of more 24-20 game, whereas I feel like the Seahawks are going to be a team that easily goes over 30 points and then beats the Rams, who will probably only score maybe 10 to 13 points. 54 seconds. 54 seconds. 54 seconds. I had, I had, time, to, I had time to breathe. You had, yeah, I know, you, I know breathe. you were speeding through that. Yeah. Uh, for the record, I think Chiefs. Uh, yeah. But, 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 you know, this isn't about me. No, it's, it's not. You. It's not. It's not. It's, For once, it yeah. isn't about me. I know, and it's that's why I made the podcast just to distract, just just to give the attention <laughs> on myself for a while. Okay, cool. Yeah, cool. I've convoluted like the, ways. The answer was thorough. I mean, obviously the Rams' defense, and like you say, yeah, yeah, they are a bit of a mess at the moment. So you could very much be right, but I would personally say the Chiefs and, and yeah. the Eagles are going to have a massive shootout. I think. I think the problem is uh, 86, 86, 84. <laughs> to which team? Chiefs. Chiefs. Okay. Okay. Very cool. We'll I, do, I do. I do think though. I think Bills and Patriots feels like a much more uh, a gritty, low score and defensive yeah, game. Like you know, out. as the AFC East has been kind of all season, really. Yeah. So I don't think that's going to be a high scoring affair. Then you've got, I say, obviously Seahawks at uh, Rams, which is my kind of pick. Eagles at the Titans. The Titans have kind of been keeping teams quite close all season. They kept the Chiefs to what was it, sixteen or seventeen points when they played. So I just feel like it's you know. It's too too close of a too close of a game that like, I don't think it's going to be a, a sort of crazy game for the Eagles. I think they'll score less than thirty points. Now. Yeah, good good a lot of fun to watch this week. And I just want a quick note to say that I nearly predicted the the Bills Lions game bang on from last week. I think I predicted it was going to be thirty two twenty eight or thirty two twenty five to the Bills. In the end, twenty eight twenty five. So I was very close to predicting it, and I did say the narrative it was going to be a close, high-scoring game. It's so yeah, you know, if you if a, a, a broken clock is right twice a day, so exactly. this is the way I do it: is I'll, I'll predict. Stop clock. A, 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 yeah, a, yeah. I thought, I thought the same with a stop clock. Well, a stop clock is a broken clock. True. Yeah. <laughs> We're just two guys shooting the breeze about clocks, <laughs> but yeah, another, another, another just good. Two a lot guys of fun their clocks. Two guys in there. Two guys in their very though. small clocks. Small clocks. Small clocks. Just yeah. waving them around. Oh, is that the time? <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, it's going to be a bit of a shorter episode this week because you know, um, being in in San Diego, not having the the mm. opportunity to technically go through all the games as much as we usually would. I think we go this week now. I think we go into our predictions for week 13. Let's do it. Predictions for week 13. Let's do but it. But as usual, this means we have to recant our predictions from the previous oh, week. Lordy. Oh, lordy, lordy. Lordy, lordy. lordy. So 
So I can't before. remember if I had a good one or not, to be honest. Oh, been, well, it, feels like about, it feels like a year ago. It does. A lot's happened in the last yeah, week. Yeah, many places. Yeah, a lot we need to talk about. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, obviously going into this week, Gavin's basically just seems to be constantly extending his lead. And into this week, he's also extended his lead even more. Oh, because nice. Gavin got 13 out of 16 right this week, and I got 11 out of 16 Oof. right. And that brings Gavin to 63 so far in our predictions, and me to 58. So he's Ooh. five ahead. He's stretched ahead by two it, more this but week. It can all change in one week. It can all change it in could one be week. This week. Yeah, it was uh, it was the Seahawks and the Titans that let me down this week. Yeah, because yeah. that's the thing. When we were sitting in the taxi and you were going through the pain of whether the uh, Raiders were going to win that game, I was actually cheering them on as well because I knew my prediction yeah. was was, was going to be a huge yeah. one. We only ch- we were different on a couple of things last week, didn't we? You yeah. Know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. no, it was it was unfortunate, and I think the the Titans versus Bengals game could have gone anywhere at the end. So it was it was close. It wasn't like you know it's annoying when you predict. Okay, I think this team's going to win. They get blown out by forty points. Never go against Joe Burrow. Never go against Joe Burrow. It's good. You're you're very good at this. You're very good at this. But let's go on our predictions for this week. So, right, kicking things off, Thursday, big AFC East matchup: Bills at Patriots. After you. After me. Um. Yeah. It. it Predicting the Bills isn't as easy as it was a few weeks ago, is it? You, 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 you know, you, you kind of felt like they were just going to steamroll everyone at one point. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to say Bills win that on this one. Um, I don't, I don't feel like Belichick time is going to happen. No, um, no, not not so much. No, no I, I, I think I think the Bills are going to have a little bit too much for them. Yeah, I, I think the same. To be honest, I think there's, um, you know, the 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 the, the game script against the Bills is always kind of high scoring for the Bills and, and Patriots not so much. I think last year when they had that game where it was, you know, all the Patriots did was run, it was just a, a lucky game plan based off the weather. But then the Bills played them again in the playoffs and absolutely smoked them. So I think the Bills are still a, a much better team than the Patriots. And, and the Bills are at least winning the close games. What they weren't doing before was winning close games. I think they were 1-7 and seven in like games against, uh, in one score games before the Ravens game this season. Um, and ever since then they've won three one score games so things are changing with the Bills and I do think that you know the Patriots are showing good things and bad things on kind of a weekly basis they could have quite easily lost that game to the Jets you know they could have quite easily won that game against the Vikings but again didn't win that game against the Vikings and I think the Bills despite getting beat by the Vikings earlier this year I do think they're a better team uh, than the Vikings and I do think they're a better team than the Patriots so I'm going with the Bills for this one as well Steelers out Falcons uh, a kind of a potentially good game, actually. Kenny Pickett's been improving as a quarterback. The Steelers are not looking as, as bad as they did at the start of the season. Falcons, again, one of these teams that's shown flashes. But for me, I think I'm going to pick the Falcons here. Home field advantage. They're, they're still chomping at the bit because they're actually one game back in their division at the moment. And the Bucks uh, are not able to string enough wins together to sort of stay over 500 at the moment. So I think they've got, you know, probably more to lose in this game than the Steelers have. The Steelers are improving, but maybe not necessarily enough. Uh, and I think that, you know, with the, the running aspect of Mariota's game and, you know, the, the rushing aspect of the Falcons, I think it's just going to be too much for, for the Steelers and the Falcons will take this one. I'm going to um, completely go against all of your analysis. I'm going to say the Steelers are going to win this one. They've got a little bit of momentum and the Falcons are just pretty unpredictable. 
So I'm going Steelers. I'm glad. Maybe this is going to be a week finally. There's a lot of games between teams that are over 500 with winning records this week. So maybe this is going to be the uh, the week where we start to differ on some things. He says it. going into break Broncos versus Ravens. <laughs> Ravens. Ra- Ravens, yeah, me um, too. Yeah, they, yeah they're, they're, they are an odd side. Obviously discussed quite a lot earlier, but the Broncos just seem terrible. Uh, yeah, so not good, Ravens, are they? Ravens for me. Yeah, and the Broncos, it seems like Russell Wilson is starting to lose the locker room. And, you know, you had their defensive player, Mike Purcell, shouting at him on the sidelines. And, yeah, as, as an ethos, like, if you look at the Raiders and then you look at the Broncos, the Raiders have only won one more game than the Broncos have this season. The Steelers have only won one more game than the Broncos have. But if you look at them as an actual team and a, as an actual belief in each other, the Broncos seem to be very much a Russell Wilson and the rest of team. It doesn't. They're not ingrained together, and I think when you've got that as an issue, that's that takes a lot more than just like you know, play calling and things like that to change. So whereas at least the Ravens as a team, you know, the four games that they've lost have been close games. Mm. So they've been in it against every single team they've played, uh, and so yeah. So I think the the Ravens are, are going to take this one, which brings us to Packers at Bears. Uh, uh, potentially at the start of the uh, the year, a. Um, a, a much better, much worse matchup for the Bears. But I think as much as the Packers aren't looking very good, uh, if the Bears don't have Justin Fields back, um, I think that the Packers take this one. I think, to be honest, if the Jets, if if the Bears do have Justin Fields back, I think that the Bears will win this one. So it's hard to a hard one to call. Let me have a little look and see what this sort of thing is on Fields. Um, yeah, yeah, still in question. I'm, still in question. Yeah, so, that's 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 the problem, isn't it, with this one, isn't it? It's um, yeah. So you you're you're going. You're I'm, going, going I'm going. I'm going Packers. I, I think you know. I do think Fields gives them a better chance, but also, mm. as as has been shown with the Bears because of other defenses, even when Fields plays, you know, incredibly, yeah, they they can't do yeah. enough, and you know the the Packers the Packers are just one of those teams at the moment that. It's well, kind of there, but aren't doing brilliantly. But I'm going to say the Packers. The only thing is, of course, that Rodgers has also got his issues, hasn't he? With his thumb. Yeah, his thumb, ribs. Ribs. thumb ribs. With his <laughs> thumb, thumb, yeah. ribs. thumb ribs. Um, so, uh, who's, who's the backup for the Bears? J-, J Love. Big J Love. Jordan Love. Jordan Love. Yeah. I, I'm tempted to go Bears again, just to just to mix it up against, against, against you. So, I am going to go Bears. Yeah, interesting. Um, I, I, I like. I think. I, th- I think. I think the Packers will win. Yeah. But my gut is telling me Bears, and and, and I'm a gut guy, aren't I? You are. And so off that chicken burger, I know. Yeah? Exactly. Yeah, I can hear. I can hear yeah, you're I'm... a gut guy, my friend. <laughs> the chicken burger. The, gut the chicken burger of love. <laughs> that, that'll um, be the name of the episode. <laughs> John. <John-ton. laughs> All right. Um, Jaguars at Lions. Jaguars. At, this is on me first, isn't it? Yeah. Um. Is it again? It's a tough one. Like like two, four, and seven teams that aren't actually terrible. No, you know right. it's a really odd. It's, it's very strange that they are actually four and seven teams. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm gonna say Jaguars just because I want them to win. Right. Yeah. And, I, and, that, and that goes against my usual feel. Well, the Lions, especially. I've been kind of going with the Lions when they're at home. Yeah. And and but um, well, what's the situation with Etienne then? Uh, I don't know actually. So he came out with a foot injury, but I believe it was different to you know the one that he had 
last year, which kept him out for the entirety of his rookie season. I'm going to go Jags because I want them to win. I'm going with Jags because I want them to win. So injury update for the the Jags on Etienne. Uh, he'll be available to play this weekend. I'm gonna, go, I'm going, I'm gonna go Jags. Just, go I Jags? want them to win. Okay. I, I, I'm going with that. And I'm, I'm going with Hearts. I'm glad because that means we differ again because I'm going with Lions. I think after that performance against the Bills, which basically, you know, unfortunately, the, when they when they scored to take the lead of the game and and you know, or, or they they got the field goal, didn't they? That drew the game. Yeah. Unfortunately, they just gave the Bills too much time on offense to go down. But also the missed field goal, yeah, the missed field goal earlier in the game uh, was kind of the, the turning point in that. Whereas maybe if they were up 28-25 at that point instead of 25 all with the Bills, it would have been a different narrative to finish that game. When you can push the Bills to that level, and you know they've come off two straight wins before that, I think things are starting to change in that Lions team. Um, they could potentially get Jamison Williams, their rookie, in um, in the next couple of weeks to kind of give him some time. So maybe that will switch things up. And again, four and seven, that's still you win out or you get a nine and eight record. You could potentially make the playoffs. So same it's not over. Days. It's not over. It's not over yet. But I think that going I'm going lines. I'm going lines. Yeah. Browns at Texans. Deshaun Watson back. Playing his old is uh, is his old team. How these scripts happen? It's oh, crazy. It's, it's, isn't yeah, it? it's, it's someone crazy. someone's pulling the strings somewhere. Yeah, you're up first on this one. Aren't you? Yeah, you know what? I think that Deshaun Watson back. You know, hasn't played in nearly two seasons now. Didn't look fantastic in preseason. Going against the Texans, and you know, at first it kind of seemed like. Whatever happened with Watson, it, it sort of the narrative started as this is a smear campaign against Watson, and then developed mm-hmm. into oh, actually, this is pretty horrific stuff from mm-hmm. this man. Um, is it going to be an emotional Texans win? I think it's going to be an emotional Texans win, and and I think you know also I, I read that they're actually going to have some of his accusers in the crowd at that game. The right. lawyer wanted to, and I think that. There's no way in hell that I would want to root for the Browns I, I, in this game. Yeah. And I think, I think you're probably gonna, going on the same way. We're both going to go Texas for the yeah. same reason. Yeah. The emotional yeah, yeah. win. I've got, yeah. heart, I've, got, I've got gut, heart and emotion yeah. so far with my predictions. Yeah, and I and I, I completely agree. I think it's going to be a, a gutty, emotional Texans win. And I think that every, because of the narrative of this game, everyone wants the Texans to win this game too. And why, yeah. do, I, why do I keep getting the really hard ones to predict first? Um, I don't know. But Jets, I, th- I Jets think Jets to, be, to be fair, this this second half of the predictions is In, yeah. a bunch of really good teams playing really good teams so this is it's a, really tough yeah. isn't it yeah it's really Jets yeah. Vikings Jets of Vikings oh man it's tough I feel like the Vikings have been scraping wins yeah um, so I'm going to keep it short and sweet and go Jets yeah I, I, I think Jets too I, th- I think what this will be one of those times where Mike White won't have to be that guy who is trying to win the game and have an incredible offense performance. It's just going to be do enough. Yep. The defense will give you a chance. We've shown what happens when a good pass rushing defense plays against the Vikings. As you say, one score against the Vikings this year. Um, I think that, yeah, they, they went past the Patriots last week and kind of had a bit of a, a you know, resurgence and all that. But I think that, yeah, Jets, um, Source Gardner on Justin Jefferson. It's going to be... Yeah, that's that's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, a lot but, of fun to watch. But I think that's the thing. I think that's going to be one of the difference makers there in that game. And so I think that I'm going to go with go with Jets too for this. 
And a big NFC East matchup, Commanders at Giants. Giants coming off two straight losses. Commanders coming off lots of wins. Um, <laughs> so that's such, a, I know, such a such a carry on carry on, on film hips. way with a lot of wins. Oh, Barry, they you seem went, to be winning the game. You went hands on your hips with a lot of wins. Yeah, I don't know. It was the commander. The Heineke just makes me nervous. Heineke, it's Heineke. Yeah. You get all fussed Stop it! I, I'm not going red. Like I'm not. Like you're in the playground. Oh my god! I don't like him. He's <laughs> gonna punch him yeah, in the arm. Stop it! Yeah. All right, commanders and giants. Um, manly things. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Commanders. I think that, you know, Giants coming off two straight losses, we've kind of seen the the real Giants team, I think. The real and I think slim that, Giants. Yeah, I think now this... Yeah, exactly. The second half of the season teams are starting to, to figure these, these guys out. Yeah. And the Commanders are rolling. You know, they have one loss, which, again... Could have easily been a win. Um, Heineke is now in, very much in control. Defense is playing good. Yeah. We'll do enough to stop Barkley, and then yeah. Jones will, you know, do do not enough. Probably not do much <laughs> not again. Do much. So yeah, I, I'm going to go with Commanders and my boyfriend Heineke. <laughs> I'm going to go with Commanders too uh, for all of the reasons you have already given. Excellent momentum. Momentum, big mo. I'm going one word: gut, heart, emotion, momentum. <laughs> yeah. What's the point of me doing this analysis? Because it's clearly not working. If I'm flying <laughs> prediction behind you, that there's you. Right. If you have to copyright, uh, oh, no, no, that. that's all right. I don't think people. I don't think you can copyright a humming. If you, oh, if you can't Shazam it, I think it's fine. Oh, okay, that's yeah. fine. Oh, it's copyright Shazam now. It's never ending. Right, Titans at Eagles. Titans at Eagles. I'm up. You're yep, up. I'm up. Yep. Steps up to the plate. Yeah. Titans at Eagles. Um, I want the Titans to win. Mm. I think the Eagles are going to win. Um. Because it's at the Eagles and they are ten and one, and yeah. you don't bet against the ten and one side. No, so they've I'm bounced back as well, haven't they? First team yeah. to I'm going Eagles. ten ten wins this season. You know they they bounced back after that loss, and we've spoken about. I think that that loss to to Washington when they went into the game against the Colts afterwards. If they'd lost that game, we'd be talking about a very different narrative here. Mm-hmm. I do I do think that there's positivity coming from the Titans in terms of the fact that you know this. Uh, Tannehill was starting to click with Traylon Burks. You know, Derrick Henry's running the ball well. They're, they're still good, and I think they'll be kind of the usual dark horse playoff team going later in the season. But yeah, the Eagles are just clicking kind of on all cylinders from an offensive and defensive point of view. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go with the the Eagles as well. Um, and then we're on to Seahawks at Rams. Well, I already predicted this one. I think it's going to be a Seahawks win. I think there's too many injuries for yeah. the Rams. Um, I think they're kind of in free fall at the moment after the Super Bowl, very big Super Bowl hangover. And I obviously yeah. feel feel so sad for Sean McVay and his, and his annoyingly groomed stubble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you. Yeah, for some reason I wrote down Rams as you said that. As I, I, I think I, it's because you were I'm, just. Uh, I'm with you. Yeah, Seahawks. 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 Seahawks for both of us. Seahawks. 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 Honda. Honda. S S S S S Rams. And then moving. Okay, Dolphins at 49ers. Yeah, another. Another oh, big game. This is this is a really tough one. Um, I feel like I have to go 49ers because because of my um my my loving with McCaffrey and Samuel and, and everything they offer. But it's it's this is gonna be their first big test, I think, since that game because the Dolphins look great. Yeah. Um 
I need a minute to mull this one over. Yeah, well, well yeah, I put yeah. the clock on. Yeah, uh, it's gonna be a lot of uh, Gavin's a lot of fun to watch. Oh no, everything's miffed. Okay. Um, uh, oh man, this is tough. It's tough. It is tough. It's a tough one. It's a tough, I'm, I'm tough boy. Gonna, I'm gonna go dolphin suddenly. I'm going forty nine. Forty nine. I'm going forty nine. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's an interesting narrative, and I'm I'm struggling with it too because you've basically got a lot of stories Weapons. here. Like for example, you know the, the one of the trades that happened, Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert, previous 49ers running backs, are on the Dolphins. Mm. Then you've got Mike McDaniel, previous 49ers offensive coordinator, head coach of the Dolphins. So it's like it, you could look at it as maybe because he used to be the offensive coordinator of um, you know Kyle Shanahan's team it puts him at a disadvantage. Or you could say that puts him at a, as an advantage. I always think that the offensive coordinator of a team going to another team gives them an advantage against their previous coach. So I'm going to say that the Dolphins take this one. I think McDaniel showed that with Tua, the team's basically unstoppable. Um, and I think that they're going to have too much for the 49ers. I do think it's going to be a game of the year candidate. I think it's going to be an incredible game. Yeah, yeah the but, potential is there. Yeah, but I, I think it's going to be taken by the Dolphins, and I think it'll be on like something like a you know a fourth quarter like. Where the, the Dolphins have got like a minute left, and they do a Chief style like fourth quarter comeback where Tyreek Hill has like the uh, like a sixty yard reception or something, and then you know Forty Nineers think they've won it, and then they haven't, and then the Dolphins come back. Not and just a win prediction, it. but you've actually predicted this, how how it's going to play out. Yeah, the yeah, story, yeah, the yeah, story. yeah, the story. You, you know might I mean? you might be heart balls and whatever else. I'm all story, baby. My predictions are based on heart balls. I feel I feel it. Real, swinging my balls. You're a real, real heart and balls guy, aren't you, Gary? Yeah, the Chiefs are going to win the next game against the Bengals. I feel it in my balls. You feel it in your balls. Is that the genuine prediction you're going for? Uh, what did I say earlier? Never bet against Joe Burrow. Yeah. I mean, except you're betting against. Home. Yeah. I know. Do you know what? I'm, I'm not going to bet against Joe Burrow. I'm. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Bengals. Are you? I am. I'm, I'm. You know me. I'm a gut man. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm gut on balls. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. Um, I'm going to go Bengals as well. I think, uh, yeah, I oh. think that, you know, took both games last season, no one saw the Bengals winning. And all of a sudden, this dynasty of the Chiefs with all this Mahomes who can beat everyone and do all this, they go against the Bengals and it's like, okay, this is the team that we lost against once last year and then we lost again in the AFC Championship and choked it. All of a sudden, there's a narrative where you play this team and go, okay, we didn't just lose once, we lost twice to them. And suddenly it's like, have they got the Chiefs number? And I think they do. Basically uh, they, stop Kelsey. Yeah, basically stop Kelsey. <laughs> and, and I think that the, the issue is as well, is that the, um, the, the Chiefs, for example, last week against the Rams, I don't think they looked amazing. And I would say that, you know, the Rams as a team should, are one of those teams that the Chiefs should be kind of walking all over. Mm. Um, in the same way, like, you know, when they played the 49ers this season, like, it's just like they were clicking on all yeah. cylinders. And I was kind of surprised at how close that game was. Um, and I think coming off that game and the, the Bengals coming off a close fought win against the Titans, Ravens losing means they're on the same record as the, the Ravens at the moment. Yeah, I think I think the Bengals take this one. Yeah. Um, Chargers at Raiders. <laughs> game we're going to be at. Momentum is in the room of the Raiders. Uh, who, who am I going to pick for this one? I wonder who. Oh. Home field advantage. Raiders rack, have racked off two wins. You there, shirt off, face painted. Shirt off, yeah. A, a big tattoo on my chest that says, we love you, car. 
Oh, Renfro yeah. hot pants. Renfro hot pants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a fish fishnet Josh Jacobs vest. Me just sitting four seats away, yeah. pretending not to know you. Yeah, in, in your full cowboys fishnet outfit. <laughs> fishnet. Fishnet. <laughs> Finalized. Basically, I'm going Raiders. <laughs> are you going Raiders? Yeah, I'm going Raiders. I, I think that, you know, they're routed off two wins. Things are starting to change. Uh, you know, uh, the, the Chargers, after their performance against the, the Cardinals, are not maybe... They're, they're coasting through. I do think that... I don't think the Raiders are going to make the playoffs this season. I, I think the, there's going to be a part where their momentum stops. But I think they're riding the momentum into a home field game against the Chargers. So I'm going to go with the Raiders. I am going to go Chargers. Why am I going wow. charges? Because we're going to be at the game. Yeah. And if I go Raiders too, there's no fun in that. Yeah. I'm going charges because that puts something on it for me. Yeah. 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 I true. become a charges fan. True. 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 So I'm I'm going charges. I mean, they are six to five. They are uh, statistically a better side. Yeah. And um, yes, Raiders have momentum. Chargers still have uh, an excellent quarterback and. Some some decent players. True. Um, so I'm going to go Chargers for that for, for that element as well. Okay. You know. Okay. Very nice. Next next one. Colts at Cowboys. Who's your money on? Oh, I mean, I've got to go Cowboys. Haven't yeah. I? I mean, you know, like the Colts have, have lost a bit of momentum after their little rise that we talked about. Yeah. Um, Cowboys. I mean, they have the ability to lose these games because mm. you know I've seen it. Uh, but surely, 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 Cowboys are going to win this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think Cowboys as well. I think they'll have too much for the Colts. They've been Cowboys look great the last few weeks. Mm. You know, they're they're still on the the sort of hot tails of the the Eagles, and I think they're going to want to keep as close yeah. as possible and not you know lose games. So, so yeah, I'm going to go with the Cowboys. Last game of the week is Saints at Bucks, which is an interesting narrative. Always that again, Saints not looking like a good team, but. If they beat the Bucks here, suddenly they're only one game behind in their division. So it's it's a very weird, weird division to look at. And the Saints have generally had the Bucks number, and you know they've they feel like they've kind of found some sort of positivity with Andy Dalton. However, they did just come off a game where they scored zero points. Yeah, and you know I, I wouldn't say necessarily Andy Dalton is the franchise quarterback of the Saints, and and I think the difference is before you know you had Breeze when they were beating the Bucks last year, you had. James Winston in there, um, and then you had uh, Taysom Hill, and you had, you had some guy like Variety, but Sean Payton was still the head coach. Whereas this year you got Dennis Allen as the head coach, and I think the 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 Bucks will Bucks will take this one. Uh, yeah, I mean, let's face it, uh, uh, as a Monday night game, it's not exactly the most exciting proposition, is it? No, really, no, it's, no, uh, no. It's, it's not that. Uh, I'm going to get Bucks as well. Yeah. Um, just, just, I mean, it, it's one of those games where it's almost like not a case of who's going to be the better team. It's just going to who's going to be not so bad. As yeah, yeah. Team. Who's going to score 13 points instead of 12 points? Yeah, like, basically. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to go Bucks too. Cool. Well, that's that's a that's a good set of you know we differed on. A bunch of them, the different ones this week. So how many did we differ on? One, two, three. Probably the most we've done so far. Four, five, five. Five, five. five differed. So it's five, five is the amount that you're beating me we've on right now. Five on it. So there's a chance that if I get, you know, every single one right this week. All, all or at least all those five right and you don't <coughs> then you know suddenly things start to hot up for the hot rest up, of the season hotty, hot up. right lovely lovely predictions done okay what's your blitz for me this week my blitz for me for this week now now don't spend too long on this I know you'll want to right okay have you been wrong about Josh McDaniels this season no 
<laughs> okay, what he's, music you been listening to? <laughs> he's still not the one. No, I, or, I think. Or, or are you changing your mind? I, I think the, the things I'm thinking about him more in terms of 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 him as a as as a coach in that. When he was a head coach years ago, he obviously didn't do well. And this season, the close games, he's kind of not been good in. But I think maybe there's a chance that because of the faith that our owner has in him, that uh, that Mark Davis has in him, that maybe it's a chance of, okay, all those worries of, oh, I'm going to mess up and all this and suddenly I'm going to be out and all that. Maybe when you don't have those worries, it helps you as a coach to suddenly go, all right, well, let's try and implement what I'm doing and try and implement that ethos. Um from an offensive standpoint, like the team's not been bad like recently as well, and suddenly maybe the wheels are, are changing. Mm. I think the way I look at it as as and we were having this conversation the other day about when you have teams that bring in older head coaches who haven't necessarily, you know, like when you look at Dan Quinn, is getting looks at for potentially being a head coach next season. Mm. Dan Quinn, you know, did good things, but then Carl Shanahan left his team, and then all of a sudden the, the Falcons went to ruin. Mm. And I think the thing is sometimes with teams they go right. We can either go for a young dude uh, who's an offensive coordinator or whatever who we think is going to take our team to a Super Bowl yeah. or we've just had four awful seasons. Let's yeah. go for a potentially tried and tested coach who we know is going to give us kind of middle of the road seasons just for a couple of years. And the way I look at it is, is Daniels is kind of a sink or swim case because he obviously only had two seasons as a head coach before this and he was fired before. So... Going into this season, it's like, do I think that McDaniels is ever going to win us a Super Bowl? No, I don't. Okay. And so I and I don't think. How about record? I think I think as a max, it, he could be a coach who gets you to like a nine and eight season or a ten and seven season, and then gets you to a potential like wild card game. But okay. I don't think he's going to be that guy. Like when you look at him in a division with Andy Reid, mm. you look at Andy Reid. Andy Reid could go to any team in the league. Uh, you can go to the worst team in the league. You go to the Texans, and in two years you're going. Oh, this team's a playoff team. Like I think that's the thing. It's like, what is he? It has he impressed me more recently? And do I think that his ethos with an offense has improved the team massively? Do I think that a lot of the issues we're still having rely on the uh, the defense? Yes, I do. But do I think that he's you know changing my mind in terms of do I think he's a good coach? I think he's an okay coach, but I don't think he's amazing, and I don't think he's kind of good enough to take the Raiders to you know the promised land, so to speak, which is kind of the whole reason why. He was signed in the first place because it was like, right, let's get him. Let's get a owner who's a um, a general manager who's going to work with him, and they're going to change this team, the ethos, and all that kind of stuff. I just don't think that you know there, there's enough there. He's shown enough there. In, in, yeah. Okay, so in a year's time, when you're at the Super Bowl with bookmark this year, yeah, year, yeah, yeah. year, year and like four, three three months. The, the thing is, it's a win win for me because yeah, if no, you, Daniel, yeah, if Daniel, 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 let's say, let's say you're not going to cry if you're wrong. No, because I'll be like, of course, cool, suddenly we're really so Well, the way I look at it is... But I'll laugh at the, you. But the thing is, I, look, I, look, no I look at it as well as a case of, okay, let's look at Mike McDaniel for the Dolphins. So McDaniel came into that team this year. He's a rookie head coach, and he's 8-3 and three with that team. And it's like the amount of talent the Raiders has. We shouldn't be this have this record. If we had were just at 500, or if we were one game over 500, I'd be like, yeah, considering the way the season's played out, that's fair. But the fact we're not at that point and the fact that you can have a rookie head coach come in and in his first season do the things he's done with the Dolphins and, you know, in his third game as a head coach beat the Bills, I go, well, you know, this whole wait to come in and build your ethos and all that kind of stuff, clearly there's some guys that can just do it straight okay. off the bat. So right. I think that, yeah, I, I think that 
hopefully that answers your question. That does answer my question. Good. It answers my blitz. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. You're still not on the McDaniel's not on the fan McDa- club. Not on the McDaniel's not, train. You've not, got your, you've not got your McDaniel's fan club membership card yet. No, not the McDaniel's hot pants either. Okay. Yeah, those I'll the, ask you the same question. The post. In, I'll ask you the same question in four games time. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah, well, we'll we, come back to this one in four games time. Sounds good. Sounds good to me. Make sounds good to me. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, good, good episode chatting about the NFL stuff. I'm not going to ask what music you've been listening to this week. I'm going to ask what music you've been listening to this year as Spotify brought out its usual yearly wrapped, wrapped little thing it does. So me and Gavin thought we'd kind of chat about our... uh, our, our Spotify Facebook, rates from this year. Facebook goes mad with everyone sharing their rap. I know, it? I know. It's actually quite good, isn't it? I find it interesting. Yeah, I, love I, it. I, I like seeing it. what other people I love post. it, and I also get very nervous. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh no, I had that brief spell of listening to that band that's really not great, yeah. not cool. Yeah, yeah. And I just had a, like a few weeks of listening to Keen. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, it, it's only, some bangers though. They, yeah, they had yeah. some bangers, but equally, you never want to be like, yeah, look at my raps. It's lots of Keen. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? But luckily, they didn't make it. I didn't listen to it that much. Right, I see. Um, I see. So amazingly, you will be shocked to hear that um, REM were uh, my most listened to. Um, they, I was in the top 0.01% of, of people listening to REM. Yeah. Which, yeah. which says a lot about my commitment to a band I've listened to since before you were born. Yeah, very true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, it's, it, it's like comfort food, isn't it? Yeah. It's like people watching Friends. For me, I can, you know, like, you know, there's, I, I'm, I think I'm fairly relaxed in my life, but the reality is that sometimes you just want to put something on the puts you at ease and, and then when I put what's made for the people on the you know yeah, the, the yeah, RMA recommended like a couple of weeks ago or whatever it, is. It, it does it puts me at ease um so yeah it, it was it was a combination of sort of REM crowded house oasis um Sam Fender yeah yeah Sam Fender was a cool one um and luckily no keen no key. Yeah. <laughs> which, which made me feel good. It made, it made me feel good that when Gavin was always rinsing me in the early podcast episodes because I got really into White Lies this year for the first time. <laughs> a girl that I dated for a bit last year introduced me to them. And then for the first sort of few weeks of the podcast, it's all I was listening to. And so I sort of was just like, well, I might as well just pick a different album. And so every week it was White Lies. I remember Gavin texting me and being like, you have to change the band of the week. It's always the same one. Yeah. But despite him, my top artist of the year was White Lies. I was in the top 0.05%. So not a no. drum roll there for the most un- oh. anticlimactic oh, reveal. I should have said in a really monotone voice. My top artist was White Lies. What a surprise. Show me what you got. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I was in the top 0.05% of them. But interestingly, I know that's kind of true, but also not true because uh, I have another app on my phone, which is like something called Spotty Stats. It basically gives you, you know, not only just your most listened to, like my streams, but also your most minutes listened to. And so this year, I my most minutes listened to was The War on Drugs. But because their songs sometimes are like nine minutes, right. they weren't my top artists. So okay. it's kind of right, but also kind of wrong at the same time. Okay, interesting. But, but yeah, but I, was, I think I had quite a um, quite an eclectic, a, a sort of a, a, a mix of artists that probably quite describes me as a, as a person in terms of my top, top bands, top artists. Number one was White Lies. Number two was a war on drugs. Number three was Duran Duran, who we literally got tickets to yeah. like three days ago to go so see next year. Number four was Brock Hampton, who uh, Gavin looked at me like I just 
you know, I, 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 see thought, I, thought, I thought it was a sandwich you got somewhere. <laughs> I love a Brockhampton with a side of fries. <laughs> I love a Brockhampton with a side of Queen. Um, but no, Brockhampton, they're kind of like a hip hop. Uh, well, not anymore because they've broken up now. But they're kind of like they were like a hip hop sort of boy band that they'd sort of say themselves as, and they were a bit weird and experimental and all that. But they were great, and I think they've been in my top five artists every year since I've had Spotify. So quite impressive that they made it back in this year. Mm. Um, they're, they're my most streamed artists ever on Spotify. So and then uh, Queen, Queen were five. So that's a pretty. It's quite. It's quite. Um... Yeah, it is quite an eclectic mix there, yeah, isn't it? Of yeah. 80s, of 80s gloriousness yeah. and stuff I've never heard of. Very true. I mean, I was like yeah. on the, the bus, uh, the bus from uh, LA to San Diego. I was just sort of sitting there looking out the window, playing Hulk Hogan's theme, Real American. So, so that that that's. Uh, but then, early, then the, the second half of the trip, I was listening to country music. I think, so that says it all. I think when when um, when we were coming into San Diego just now on the bus, and we're like we're like three hours ago. Yeah. I had um, the See the Lights by Simple Minds, right. which is on my top one hundred. Right, and it's such a great song. Yeah, really, it's all like in it, like really yeah. builds and builds, and it's like, and I love the way music can do that to you because I'm rolling into San Diego. See, this is all so cool. Yeah, they got simple minds. See the lights. You know, that's where music is so great, isn't it? I think that's why we like me and you listen to so much of it as well. Like uh, mine, like I think Gavin listened to it was what like forty eight thousand, and I was like fifty one thousand. Yeah. Both of us were in, like the top like five percent of like listeners of spotify in the uk but mm. there's millions of billions of people that's quite an impressive thing a lot of music. yeah we listen to a lot of music but that's again it's the whole thing of like with this trip there's going to be certain songs i associate with this trip mm. and certain pieces of music and whatever that i associate with it and and yeah same with the same we're coming to san diego oh, yeah, like, my, yeah. To music, yeah well for me it's going to be um White Snake, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, we're driving down the uh, one of the coolest moments. Not I've just had on this holiday, but my life is we're we're driving down the Pacific uh, Pacific Highway, and the the whole idea is we left, uh, we we stayed in Santa Maria, and we're like, all right, what we'll do is we'll uh, we'll we'll leave sort of early in the morning, uh, and then we'll drive down to Santa Barbara, and then after Santa Barbara, then we'll Mm -hmm. we'll drive down to no, it was the night before we got to Santa Maria. Sorry, so the night before we got to Santa Maria, we basically said, right, what we can do is we'll leave San Francisco, we'll drive down to LA, and what we'll do is we'll stop in Santa Cruz, Santa Maria, and Santa Barbara. Um, and we kind of stopped in Santa Cruz for a few hours and then looked at the the map and the map was like, oh yeah, it's going to take like six hours to get there. But we wanted to obviously take the coast road. Um, and we sort of stopped a few times on the road and it was like, it, it sunset was happening. We took some pictures at sunset and chilled, get back on the road and, 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 and it starts to get dark out. And we start to look at the time, lose connection. It's like, all right, it's going to take like another four or five hours. Yeah. And then Gavin suddenly goes, because well, we were in a convertible, he goes, should we put the top down? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, let's do yeah. it. So we pull over to the right, stop on the gravel. Like, it's like complete silence. What's the name of the place we were driving through? Uh, Ragged, Ragged Point. Point. Ragged driving, Point. So Ragged Point is like this windy road through the trees. You've got the sea to your right, although the sunset, and, and you know, now you're almost in darkness. You've got the moon, and you're going through, and it almost feels like you're driving through a twilight movie. Massive yeah. tall trees, yeah. winding roads. And then suddenly to my right, with the top, with the top, we got the top down. Yeah. And I see, um, you see the light of, of, a, of a lighthouse. Yeah. Sort of swinging around like 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 they do, like in like uh, you know, like in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. The Eye of Sauron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and and, um, and we've got White Snake playing. Haven't yeah, we? White Snake. Here I go again. Here I go again. Yeah, from 1987. 
it's just it just felt like the coolest moment and yeah. I got, luckily I got my phone out and I just videoed this moment with the lighthouse and literally a video for about 10 seconds and it was just incredible and that song is going to live with me yeah, for, yeah, for, yeah. For, it's a song I love anyway but it's going to live with me for that moment yeah, yeah it's yeah. unbelievable and, and as, so as, as a moment as well because I say I love that song anyway and, yeah. and in the moment of um of kind of of, of driving that and doing that it was awesome but then seeing the video the next day like we kind of because it was su- it was such a tiring drive mm-hmm. and that uh, we kind of really hit it like the second we dropped into san francisco we hit the ground running with what yeah. we we're doing and get to the end of that drive and wake up the next morning it's like you're so tired and it's been such a long trip i remember watching the video and just being like every sort of feeling they had in that moment like the freedom and the wind the yeah. wind blowing the wind through your hair, through your hair. The, the darkness the top down you're basically being on your own and having no one around while you're driving this road and all that all yeah. kind of hits you and you're just like yeah yeah, that's yeah like, really like cool. i can i can honestly i couldn't rec- recommend doing that drive more than anything no, like this no. whole trip i mean obviously we still got vegas to come yeah but yeah, this yeah, whole yeah. trip that that drive that stopping to, to take photos in the sunset that drive oh, yeah. down the west coast was unbelievable. Oh, it was genuinely ridiculous. amazing. Yeah, was, I recommend anyone do it. Yeah, it was like being there was moments for you driving down there thinking, okay, I'm on Earth, but this feels like I'm in another yeah. planet. Like yeah. it was just surreal, yeah, totally. surreal. But yeah, yeah, fun episode to do, fun yeah, trip cool. so far. We've still got five days of Vegas to go, so you know we we may not survive. Like <laughs> this might be we we hit the the quarter century mark with episode twenty five, and this might be the last one. And yeah, well on the. On that note, thanks for joining me for another episode, Gavin. It's been fun as always. Uh, Looking forward to seeing this Raiders and Chargers game on Sunday. So chatting to you guys next week about it on episode 26 is going to be fun. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at ClutchdownPod. And we'll be back again next week. Mold.